0: Hello, this is S.D. Hudson. These new world parables have been created to complement my novel, which takes place in an alternate dimension. Filled with anthropomorphic people who possess an intellect equal to humans, the New World is a place of unparalleled beauty where only the most honourable and valiant live. With a propensity to kindness they spend their days whittling, weaving or best of all foraging in the woodland copses. So here we are ready to take a look beyond the old world and into the new, beyond the relentless need to apportion a set time and place to everything we say and do, beyond the place where expectations are high and rewards are few, to a new place where you can just simply be you. The Parable of the Impatient Boy A long time ago, when the old world was not as poisonous to them as it is now, the wise ones sent some new world folk to live there, that they might create a bond between the two worlds, and so learn from each other. As it happened, the old world learned very little indeed, but the new world learned much. And when they returned, the wise one decreed a book of parables be written, that the new world might benefit from the things his acolytes had seen. This parable is the first in that book. It is about a boy who tried very hard, but lost faith rather too quickly. There once was a young boy who lived in a large house. He was the only son of a rather well-to-do gentleman, and as such considerably more privileged than others his age. But although he was very bright and possessed many things others did not, at times he was very lonely, as his father was always busy, and his mother long since dead. Now it happened one day he decided to begin building a house in the tree at the bottom of the tea garden. And this would have been all very well if his father hadn't already promised him they would begin building it together the very next day. But the boy was an impatient sort and eager to prove to his father just how accomplished he was for his age. So collecting together the many materials he needed... He piled them all up at the base of the broad oak tree at the bottom of the garden before breathing a sigh of relief. Being only eight years old, this was, he considered, probably the hardest thing he had ever done and he hadn't even started building yet. But he was pleased with himself nevertheless and more certain than ever he needed no help to make the best tree house his father had ever seen. Little did he realise he had forgotten the saw from the gardener's shed and the nails still sitting on the shelf in the old oak barn. He began by placing the long wooden planks into groups that he might join them together. "'This'll be easy,' he said to himself. "'It's only four walls and a roof.' And lining them up as best as he could, he took up the hammer and looked around for the nails. They were, of course, nowhere to be found, and realising he had forgotten them, he dropped the hammer and ran back to the old wooden barn. But the caretaker had finished the day, and the barn was now locked. "'Oh, no!' he shouted as he stamped his feet. "'What will I do now?' He grabbed the edge of the barn door in frustration and yanked it as hard as he could, but the bolt held fast unlike his thumb, which slid down the wood to collect a large splinter. Ah! His thumb was now throbbing, but the barn door was still bolted shut. So he trudged back to the oak tree with a heavy heart and looked down at the planks in dismay. I'll never be able to join these together, he said to himself, but spotting the old nails already embedded into them, "'He realized he had spoken too soon. "'My luck's changed,' he smiled, "'and using the hammer he pulled each of the stubborn nails out "'that he might reuse them again. "'He looked down at the pile he had made. "'He was pleased with himself. "'But now the sun was sinking lower in the sky "'and the clouds gathering overhead, "'so he resigned himself to coming back the very next day.' when he would work even harder to complete the task, for he was well aware time was now running out. The following day the boy rose early and rushed down to the bottom of his garden, eager to begin where he had left off. There were the planks and the nails, but they weren't as he had left them for in the night a great storm had taken hold and now they were scattered all over the garden. Oh no, he shouted as he stamped his feet. Why is this happening to me again? But remembering his father would not be back until much later in the day, he resigned himself to carrying on anyway, for he wanted so much to impress his father with a fine treehouse he would make. He hammered and he nailed, he nailed and he hammered until at last many of the planks were joined together to make four strong walls and a roof. Then he stood back and looked at all he had achieved. Brilliant, he stated, and then he left for the kitchen and a well earned snack. It was no more than an hour before he returned. Only to realize the walls were too heavy to lift now that all the planks were nailed together, and the roof was heavier still. He looked around for the saw. He would need it to make the panels small enough to pick up. But he had left it in the gardener's shed, so he ran back to collect it, being very careful as to point its tip to the ground. I've still got time. He reassured himself and began to saw using his left hand, for the splinter in his right thumb was still very painful from the day before. But instead of starting slowly and carefully and at just the right angle, he jammed the saw into the wood as hard as he could, for this wasn't his best hand, but he was a strong boy and was certain that was all it would take to get the job done. He couldn't have been more wrong. It stuck fast, and feeling his temperature rise again, the young boy yanked the saw as hard as he could, only to watch it slide across the wood, straight into his right hand. Not again, he yelled, frustrated both at himself and the wooden panel, which had now split in two. Not only would he have to go back to the house and get a plaster but he would have to start all over again. "'It's just too much. I'll never be able to finish it. "'I'll never do anything again,' he screamed. And kicking the wooden panel in anger, he stopped his toe before bursting into tears of frustration and pain. Little did he realise his father had returned early and, as if aware of the situation, he headed straight to the tea garden and his impatient son. "'No, don't look,' cried the boy, ashamed of his cut, his splinter and the mess he had made of the wooden panels. But his father only laughed and said, "'My son, you are building the foundations "'to something you expect to last "'with no time or commitment to doing so. "'If you are to do the task justice,' You must take comfort in the knowledge the day your house is complete, you will be all the wiser for it. For when we build foundations, we do not reap immediate rewards, but we work steadily towards something that will last our lifetime to come. And with that, he wrapped his son's hand in his scarf, and took him back to the kitchen where he would dress the boy's wounds and they would make plans for a bigger better and stronger tree house that would last for years to come the end I hope you enjoyed this parable. If you did, please consider following me for more New World Parables.